Hey guys, welcome to another week of Red Flags and Red Cards. This week is a really weird episode. We've, uh, we're kind of all over the place with what we want to talk about because we're kind of in the middle of a mid midweek race last week and no racing really, no cup racing on uh, Sunday and uh, we've got hockey getting ready to restart and basketball and a few other things. So sit back and enjoy. This is kind of a wacky podcast, but hey, it'll be a fun one. Let's get going. Coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee, and Raleigh, North Carolina. My name is Josh, alongside... So, wow. My name is... <laughs> <laughs> wow. I like, was ready to just like pitch it over to you, so I just went ahead and said your name. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's fantastic. This is Red Flags and Red Cards, a podcast about racing, soccer, and everything in between. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Red Flags and Red Cards. Thanks for making it this far. Coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee, and Raleigh, North Carolina. My name is Nick, alongside my co-host, Josh. Josh, how is it going? It's going quite well. We got a a storm rolling through, so hopefully the internet holds up for this. But other than that, things are going quite well. How's everything with you? It's good. Um, Nothing to really report here Um, on the final week of unemployment. Thank mm. you, federal government, for, for those paychecks. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that's, that's about it. It's hot. It's so hot here. So you don't really mm-hmm. want to do anything. And, uh, yeah, just getting ready for my brother-in-law to come into town tomorrow. He's nice. Coming, he, he was already planning on coming here for uh, a whiskey event, but it got canceled. But he decided to come up anyway. So not sure what's what we're all going to do, but alas... Here we are. But we uh, are. tons of sports uh, that have started and uh, that are about to start, and I just could not keep up with everything going on. I thought I was going to watch way more baseball this weekend, and I'm pretty sure you watched more than I did. I have watched a shocking amount of baseball. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say I've watched more baseball in the, since the week since it started this year than I watched in all of last season. Wow. So just really that's miss, just really miss sports. <laughs> I think so. Plus opportunity like baseball yeah. is the one sport that I have probably the least opportunity to watch because, you know, living off of um, basically whatever, <laughs> whatever channels I can get from my parents, Internet stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. And baseball is not always at the top of the list. And usually, you know, you can see a weeknight game or a Saturday night game on Fox. But typically Saturday nights are the least sports watching night for me right weeks so um, right. so typically i don't get around to it as much but yeah i've watched a lot of baseball um this past week thanks to having mlb tv a lot of twins games and That's awesome. I, I think i've seen at least half of every twins game and a bit of the blue jays and yankees games so um it's been fun nice i saw mlb tv on amazon prime's menu this morning i think it was this morning no last night and I was like, oh, no way, it's included in Prime. And I clicked on it, and it said, start your three-day free trial now. Mm. I was like, dang it. Yeah. I was hoping to have it. But I was able to watch um, the Braves play the uh, the Mets. That was nice to mm. see. They annihilated them 14-1. to And then uh, turned around last night and lost to the Rays 12-5, to I think, was the final score. So... <laughs> 
it's going to be an interesting 60 games. That's that's for sure. And now we have the Marlins uh, postponing this week's games because of their now 17, I think, positive cases wow. of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. There's five more today, I believe. That's the that's the risk that they've been saying, you know, without having this bubble system is that a mini outbreak can happen at any point in time. And I think we're, we're seeing that within the uh, the clubhouse of the Marlins. And hopefully, you know, everybody's, you know, fairly asymptomatic and gets gets th- it gets through it pretty quickly. But that kind of just brings up the risk that you have with. I mean, I know there's not fans in attendance, but short of that, they're pretty op- much operating similar to how they would be during a normal season. Um, right. Not, not completely. I know like they're going straight back to their hotel and things like that. So they're not like going out into cities when they're on the road. Um, but I think when they're at home, they're, they're going back to their houses. Um, and there it's just easy to, you know, for it to be passed around from other sure. family members or things like that. Sure. Yeah. I, I think baseball and, uh, especially the NFL are going to be really hard to keep in a bubble. I mean, they're, the teams are bigger. The you know, on an NFL roster, you've got what sixty guys per team. It's really right. hard to and keep that in a bubble. I mean, you times that by thirty-two. I don't. Right? Yeah. 32, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So thirty-two teams of that plus you got you got all the coaches. other support staff, coaches, all of yeah. that. That it's just it's going to be hard to to keep track of. I was reading through, and it's there's something like twelve teams. I think have already had players opt out of the season um so i saw star latulier did it for the bills today the the um, patriots have like three or four guys that have already opted out for the year um or six seven guys actually that have opted out for the season so it'll be interesting to see how that that unfolds spirals down yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know but on a good note with the nfl patrick mahomes just bought a stake in the uh kansas city royals today oh sweet so that's cool you know 24 years old and you own part of a baseball team <laughs> it's fine yeah you know i guess so when you get paid 500 million dollars oh what right. can i do and with this money i should buy part of a baseball team yes then he can go play for him anytime he wants I guess, absolutely right? dude i'm all for it i like that kid a lot yeah <laughs> who did who did he get drafted by Ooh. in baseball oh man I'll look, um, I'll look it up right now. Yeah, I can't, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm fairly certain that he was drafted by um, somebody to play baseball, um, but um, maybe not. Oh my gosh, this is hilarious! I just looked it up, and the first thing mm-hmm. that came up was, "What position did Mahomes play in baseball?" And the answer: quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I was Detroit. No, oh, okay. Yes. Yes, the, that, the Tigers picked uh, Mahomes. Yeah, but um, alas, he picked football, and uh, I think it, it worked out pretty it, well it, for him. It's working out pretty well for sure. For so, sure. Um, yeah, we'll uh, definitely will be interesting to follow tracking what the NFL does these next few weeks. Yeah, uh, my hopes aren't high as much as I'd love for football to to continue. Um, I think. We'll see. I mean, if if the Marlins are kind of a one-off situation and no, there's no other problems with baseball, it might work out okay. I mean, I don't think anybody really had the Marlins penciled in for a playoff spot, even with 16 teams yeah. making the playoffs. Um, so, 
it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, but short of that, the Marlins situation, I will say I've really been surprised with how much I've enjoyed baseball. Um, and particularly with the shortened season, like everything just feels like it's much more important. Like the fact that like every little series, you know, this past, what was interesting is the first series for every team was three games. Um, and each team like split the series two and one. So, or one and two. Mm -hmm. So everybody like at least got a win that opening weekend. And, uh, it just feels like, all right, all those teams that won that first series, they kind of got the advantage. And if you win each series or you win like 70% of your series, you go into, you're pretty safe to make that 16 team playoff. So, um, that makes it a bit more fun watching for me at least. I'm wondering if it's gonna, if it's gonna propose something for next year or the years following, if, if the thought of maybe we should shorten up a season like the seasons, like if that's going to be a thought in whoever's mind, because right now, you know, a usual season is 162 games. So shorten that yeah. down by uh, almost a third. It yeah. might sp- might speak volumes. Who knows? It would, I think. But I, I'd be more interested in a shorter season. It's, I would too. There's yeah. less, there's less incentive to be involved in what's going on in baseball in May and June. True. You know, for me, it's not until after the all-star break that usually I'll go, huh, how are, I wonder what the standings are. But now it's like checking the standings every couple of days to see who's right. tracking in what direction. Because so. usually all-star break is in July and then the season just goes so fast after that. Before you know it, it's October. Right. So yeah, right. that that's kind of what we get this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so baseball returned. I will, I'm going to skip, oh, we can talk about that later. Um, NASCAR was a, a very weird weekend we had five races uh it began with cup and ended with xfinity it's so weird <laughs> uh, it's just very weird um let's see who i forgot who won it was so long ago oh yeah diddy hamlin Danny. won yep. good job yeah he uh he held off a coming brack Kislowski, who i was hoping would get by him or at least fight for the win a little bit mm-hmm. but overall kansas was a great race without pj1 on the track yeah which i hope that, that become yeah amazing i i think the idea behind pj1 was good at first because i think you saw it at new hampshire mm-hmm. first and i was like okay this is kind of a new thing let's try it and then it became it kind of became a staple at many tracks and it was really just hurting the performance and just the excitement of the racing because it just turned a three-groove racetrack like Texas and turned it into basically a one-groove racetrack. And uh, thankfully at Kansas, we saw a two, three, sometimes four-groove racetrack. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. It was, it was, you could go anywhere, you know. A lot of guys would kind of start in the middle of the track or go down low um, early on. And then by the end of the run, it's still generally, if you're on the high side, unless the car's a per- unless your car was really bad you could hold somebody off um but you still had the opportunity for cars to get right up on them and uh, make their car loose or things like that and so there's really good racing and i thought all throughout um yeah the pj1 it works well at a place like bristol where it wears off over time mm-hmm. so like bristol you know early on the pj1 everybody's in it but then halfway through it becomes a two-lane track and then usually by the end it's back to more of a one lane groove, but at least like you have to be good at all those areas to stay kind of in the race throughout all of it. Um, where at Texas and 
Kentucky, it just hurt the racing, I think. Um, yeah. And it just, it didn't help things. But then this weekend at Kansas, um, yeah, you had lots of guys coming and going um, throughout the field. Clean air still was big, but it didn't feel as important. Um, and you did have some late race passing um, with Harvick charging to the lead and then Denny coming back. And of course it came down to Denny versus Harvick. Um, if you're tired of that, you might not want to watch this next month because yeah, I'm going to tracks dominated by Hamlin and Harvick. So <laughs> yeah, basically just, just come back when we go to Daytona road course and the uh, Daytona oval, that's when it'll, that's when we really won't know who's going to win, but it'll probably come down to at least those two. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This, this, this coming week will probably be, it'll just, yeah, it's going to be another Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick show. Yeah, and sure. it's going to be probably predominantly Harvick yes. running away with this one. I mean, who knows? That's why they go race there. But um, Harvick's really good at New Hampshire. Um, but, yeah, on the whole, I thought it was a good race. It was fun seeing um, Byron battling for the win for a little while. And then yeah. um, they made a probably a poor pit decision um, to take two tires when they're already on wicked old tires. That but, was a uh, weird call to me. Yeah. It was kind of weird to everybody, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, so hindsight, they should have taken four there, and who knows what could have happened then. But, um, yeah, that was good. The big thing was, I think, is was following the bubble drivers, though, um, in the race for the playoffs, where you had Tyler Reddick early on looked like uh, there's times where he had the fastest car on the track. He can work that high groove like nobody else, sort of maybe Kyle Larson. Um, and he was flying until he hit the wall. Um, and that kind of slowed him down. Um, you had Jimmy Johnson, um, getting some trouble. And so he's, uh, now gone from being pretty safe in the chase or so we thought to he's 18 points behind the cutoff. Dude, He's going to have to get a win. I think I, so. I, I think that's all he's going to, he's just not, that's all, but I mean, like, that's, that's what it's going to take. Cause he just, he, it seems like he cannot catch a break when every time you think he's going to do well, you know, come out with a top five, top 10, something always happens and that's what we saw again this week and it's just like man another yeah. weekend where he just can't can't close the deal yeah seven straight races without a top 10 Gosh. i think and so it's going to be it's going to be exciting to watch these next few weeks again similarly matt de benedetto has brought himself back into the cutoff race not by anything he's done he's had fast cars and just gets taken out in wrecks um and it yeah. just kind of it sets him back the last two weeks, two wrecks that were not any way, shape or form of his doing. Um, and now he's only 35 points off the cutoff. But if one of those drivers below the cutoff wins, it tightens things up. He'd only be, I think 20 or 25 points ahead of uh, Byron um, Jones and uh, Reddick are right there. So that's just going to be a fun battle to keep watching. Plus there's two wild card races coming up right. of who knows how things are going to get unfold at the, Daytona road course and the Daytona oval. Just watch out for that number 42, man. He might come out and just steal one. That's true. Like <laughs> he might he finished, actually, he finished second at Indianapolis and it's not yep. like, you know, if he's the type of guy that if, um, if you get him the lead, something similarly to some of these other guys, you get them out there on old tires. Matt Kenseth isn't easy to pass. Nope. <laughs> Just can, ask uh, he knows how to Joey win. Logano at Kansas in 2015. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, uh, Or numerous other people. Yeah, numerous other people, <laughs> for sure. Uh, one trend we did see at Kansas this week was uh, 
guys that were just getting loose off a of turn two going down towards the back stretch and all of a sudden they just get loose and hit the wall or they get tapped and get thrown into the wall kind of like ryan priest did uh, on that Thursday. Hit. a scary hit but the best thing about it was how mad he was when he got out of the car like he hit the wall wow. he immediately puts the window net down and he was like it's like nothing ever happened he just gets out and storms away which that's fine like it go yeah be mad it's totally fine but the fact that he didn't just stand out of his car to try to catch his breath like did he really know what just happened? First thing that Lou said was, oh, man, he's going to be sore tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, yep, pretty much. That was that was a nasty hit. Very, uh, very yeah. thankful that um, softballs have been a thing on all. Any any exposed walls basically will have the softballs, and that's definitely what kept that impact from being much, much worse because he, I'm pretty sure he got air oh, on, yeah. that, on that hit. Um, yeah, just just scary. And to kind of speak to the anger behind Ryan Priest, um, we talked about Jimmy Johnson being unlucky and um, Benedetto them kind of having these moments that aren't necessarily their fault. Johnson's had a few more that were his fault, but still. Um, Ryan Priest has been the victim of nothing but bad luck for four straight races. He finished dead last three races in a row, um, which in and of itself is kind of, that's almost more difficult to do than win three races in a row. Yeah. Um, and like all of the races, they were wrecks that, he had nothing to do with just bad place, wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and then similarly this week, you know, he was running, I think 11th or 12th when he got tapped from behind, spun out, had that hard hit and, you know, 34th place finish is his best finish in the last four races. Um, that's not, not good, um, no. for, for him. But I mean, it's, again, it's, it's not his fault necessarily. You know, he was involved in that pile up, at on Indy's pit road where there's nowhere to go. Um, he got, he was unfortunate to be, I think outside John Hunter Nemechek when he got loose at Kentucky and that took him out or Texas, one of those. And it's just, um, it's just been a string of bad luck for a guy. That's a great driver. He just unfortunately hasn't gotten the chance to fully show it in the cup series. Yeah. Is that a front row car? No, that is, um, uh, JTG. Oh, JTG. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got so you. him and Stenhouse are teammates. Right, 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 right. I get those guys mixed up a lot. 34 and 38, Those they're front row. Right, yeah. Right, um, okay. John Hunter and um, Michael McDowell. Got you. Yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of the cup, the cup life. Well, speaking into cup real quick, Jimmy Johnson today got to test out an indie car for the first time. It was the third attempt. And as he said, third time's a charm. So are we going to see <laughs> Jimmy Johnson in an IndyCar full-time next year? Not full-time, no. I don't think he'll he'll race full-time anywhere anymore. But I think you might see him in um, anywhere between one and five races on road courses. I don't, He's expressed having no desire to race on an oval in an IndyCar. Um, I don't know mm. if that's changed. But I could see him definitely trying a handful of uh, road course races just because, you know. He's retired and people yeah. will let him. So I could see him doing a handful of those, probably racing in the Tony Stewart SRX series, um, maybe a handful of other things here and there, and just kind of doing what he wants because he's a seven-time champion and anybody will let him do what he wants because he's a great driver. Yeah, I would <laughs> I would love to see him do more stuff like this, maybe some uh, IMSA stuff. Dude, I'd mm-hmm. love yeah. to see him. Well, he did it last year. He did wheel the... Uh, the McLaren F1 car 
was it last year, year before? As, Alongside yeah, think, uh, Fernando Alonso. Mm-hmm. Which we never yeah. really saw any kind of documentary after that. There was like a short video, I think, oh, but okay. it wasn't anything super extensive. It wasn't like what Tony um, Stewart and Lewis Hamilton did at Watkins Glen, gosh, 10 years ago. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, there's footage out there that you can find, but I remember watching it and going, I, I wish there was more to this. Yeah. I think, I think all of us so, kind of felt that way. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that's kind of the cup life. Uh, Trucks had two races this weekend. Austin Hill won the first one, and Matt Crafton won the second one. His first win since July 2017, which was at Eldora, which is very hard to believe since he won last year's Truck Series championship. Right. Uh, that's kind of all I have on that. The unfor- We thought the, um, the uh, second... The second truck race was going to come down to a caution. That never happened. Apparently, if you hit the wall really hard and you're a no-name driver, they're not going to throw a caution for you. <laughs> that was my cynical <laughs> viewpoint on that. Uh, yeah, it happened right there on the front stretch. I don't even know who it was. Uh, yeah, it didn't bring out a caution to tighten the field back up, which I think a lot of us were surprised. Mm-hmm. One being yeah. Jeff Gluck. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's interesting. Just going back to Matt Crafton, he's been racing in the truck series for 20 years now. Um, yeah. and it was shocking to me. I think I texted you this. I'm shocked that he only has 15 career wins. Yeah. Like, Cause if, he almost has like the same amount of championships. He doesn't, yeah. but it feels that way. <laughs> he's got three. He basically, for every five races he's won, he's won a championship. Um, wow. and that number could get even smaller if he, um, goes on to, uh, win it this year because <laughs> yeah. there's a chance he could win it without winning another race um so that was definitely surprising but yeah the cautions were a a trend all throughout um the races really the question of what is and what isn't a caution because we saw in most most races these multiple um kind of times where you'd have something in one context was a caution and then you'd see something very similar sometimes just a few laps later that wasn't a caution um, I think in particular, the one that stood out was in the Xfinity race, um, mm-hmm. where Xfinity race you had uh, was pretty much Austin Cindric dominated the race until. Which um, he's all late. of a sudden a dominant intermediate track driver. Yeah. Where did that come from? I don't have any <laughs> clue. I don't think I think all of us are just like, uh, I thought you're a road course guy. So that's <laughs> that's always fun to see. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Harrison Burton takes the lead, and it looks like he's going on his way to his third win for the season uh, in the Xfinity season. And it was going to be especially cool because we were talking about how, you know, Jeff Burton, his father's on the call. And it's just always a, a cool moment to have, you know, a father calling his son win a race. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that's almost it's it's not completely unique to NASCAR, um, but it it's somewhat it's close. Is, yeah, know? it's close. Um, there's other moments, I'm sure, where fathers have called their sons doing games. I mean, anytime uh, Steph Curry plays against the Hornets, Del Curry, his father, is doing the color commentary for the Hornets. But mm. um, to have, you know, we've had moments like Dale Jarrett or Ned Jarrett calling when Dale Jarrett won the Daytona 500 and um, other similar moments. It's just cool to see. Um, yeah. So we were kind of excited for that. And then with about three or four laps to go, the caution comes out. Because Joe Graff Jr. gets into the outside wall, um, 
and it kind of was like a really that's a caution right and then they have the green white checkered comes out and um who was it briscoe um yeah. for the last the coming to take the white flag that entire lap he pretty much rides the wall <laughs> <laughs> and there's like dust and debris coming everywhere and so it created this sort of this frustration of like what is and isn't a caution um, that I think you expressed it and we all kind of felt. Right. It was just um, what what what's it going to take? What's it take to put out a caution and what? I don't know how how extreme does the incident have to be? Because some guys will just drift along a corner mm-hmm. and pretty you know, impressively like they kind of pull a Kyle Larson drifting through a corner. And then they'll throw a caution. They never touched anything. They actually kept the car pretty much in control, and they'll throw a caution. And then now you have guys that are hitting the wall fairly violently, and NASCAR isn't throwing a caution out. It's, yeah. I don't know. They've always been inconsistent like with stuff like this, but the level of like the violence of those wrecks just seemed caution-worthy. And I don't know. NASCAR just decided not to do anything yeah and so jeff gluck did a pretty good job explaining it in his top five um weekend or top five article that came out on monday um where he break breaks down everything that happens over the weekend he kind of brought up all these different points and then um kind of tried to explain the case of everything um and there's a few things to to remember ultimately um there's three race directors and the call for a caution to come out is solely dependent on that race director. Um, So they have different spotters, people pointing them out, like telling them when something's happening. Um, But one of the points he was bringing out is that so much revolves around the leader. Um, You got different tracking and timing situations around the leader. You need to know where the leader is at all points in time so that when a caution comes out, you can direct the pace car to the leader. There's all these different things that are going on. And so with the race director really only having two eyes, generally his attention is drawn more towards the leader. Um, And so whenever something else happens elsewhere on the track, he'll be given the information like, hey, something in turn two, and he'll quickly look to try and find it. And sometimes that can be pretty instantaneous. You can go to it. But other, other times it might take a second or two to kind of for the race director to find where the issue is. Um, and to identify the situation. Um, and then once they see it, they take different things into effect. So for instance, with the Xfinity race, when Joe Graff Jr. hit the wall, there was reports that his brake duct is, had fallen apart and pieces of his brakes were scattered all along the upper groove. And so at Kansas, where they're regularly up against the wall, that's in a position where there's debris. And so the last thing you want is Harrison Burton coming along cruising along and he hits some of this debris has a flat tire goes into the wall and he's out of the race now um and so because of that it went out where with chase briscoe they could see him riding the wall but there wasn't any evidence of debris or damage being left on the track um and then similarly one of the things he was saying is that whenever the race director sees something at the moment so like johnson hitting the wall pretty hard um you see the when you can visibly see the damage on that car there's this assumption that there's also likewise debris on the track where mm-hmm. if a guy has gotten into the wall, um, but it's not necessarily heavy on the damage. And by the time the race director has made his eyes over there, he sees the guy moving slower, but everything looks fine. Everything looks good on the track. He's not going to throw the caution. So where 
Jimmy Johnson hit it. There's evident damage on Johnson's car. It looked like a hard hit. Christopher Bell does something similar a few laps later, but Christopher Bell seems to be moving just fine. You don't see the evidence of the damage. And so for that, it kind of triggers these different effects, this assumption of, okay, everything's clear. As long as I don't get any other reports of there being debris, we're fine. Um, but sometimes seeing something as it's happening or as there's smoke, you can have be quicker to the trigger. So it really all depends on what the race director is looking at. Um, and basically after reading this article, um, this segment on it, I came away going, it would be terrible to be a race director. I oh, can't imagine. The, the scrutiny difficult. you come under as a race director, I cannot, yeah, I cannot even fathom what that is like. So I guess in summary, those of us watching on TV, we almost have a better view of things than the race director. Is that a, is that right. a fair assumption? Yeah, I think so. Um, and we're we're probably we probably have a bit quicker tendency to see stuff than the race director because yeah. we have the cameras that were they have multiple eyes, and as soon as they say turn two, they switch to a camera that's tracking what's happening. Mm-hmm. Where um, the race director may have access to that as well but also has other things that are going on throughout the course of the race that they have to be in communication with, that they have to be tracking. Um, and so because of that, there's even more of a human element and even more potential for there to be a mess of a, a bit more time between it. Um, so one of the things that Gluck just kind of said is um, if you see inconsistencies, understand that it's not some sinister one trying to manipulate the outcome, but rather it's just, you know, you have human officials making split second decisions and sometimes they, they don't make the right decision. And sometimes probably more often than not, they do make the right decision. So, Hey, fair enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. I do not want, want that job at all, but kind of Josh kind of touched on it a little bit, uh, in the Xfinity race, Harrison Burton was on to to win a race he lost and brandon jones takes the number 19 jgr toyota to victory lane good for them jgr has kind of been struggling a little bit on the xfinity side of things as a whole for since the season got restarted uh very weird very weird to see him win like he's a good driver but like it was like oh yeah brandon jones yeah what (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, but i mean it, that was really good for him. Uh, Harrison is also in a JGR car. So over, overall, they had a good weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, are they at New Hampshire this week weekend too? Is everyone uh, there? Aren't they at Road America? They could be. I'm so all over the map right now with different yeah. with the sports. You think, you know, we have a sports podcast. We should be on top of things. Let me tell you, that is yeah. far from the truth. The, uh, <laughs> the Xfinity series is off this weekend. Okay. And then they race at Road America on uh, August eighth. So, got you. Yep. And so it's a it's a portion of the schedule um, where we get a couple of road courses coming up for the Xfinity series. So that'll be it's my fun. favorite. Um, yes. There is Not rumor just... that IndyCar and NASCAR will share a weekend at Road America. That not would sure, be awesome. Not sure when, but it's a rumor. That would be 2021, I guess. Would be. Uh, I would say 2022. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, I saw it once and mm-hmm. haven't heard anything since. But That'd I think be a good I, place I think for it. I think. Oh, absolutely! It's such a fun track. I think I mentioned to you 
at Bristol that uh, IndyCar was flirting with the idea of coming to Nashville and doing a street course. So I yes. would not hate that at all. Quick news on IndyCar. They officially have canceled the uh, doubleheader weekend at Portland. and Or no. Yeah, they canceled Portland and the doubleheader at Laguna Seca they canceled as well, moving them to mid-Ohio. So mid-Ohio will have two races now instead of one, and the other to Gateway. So Gateway will also have a doubleheader weekend, uh, which is really cool. I like Gateway a lot. I, I think uh, I am kind of bummed that uh, IndyCar did strip away a lot of oval races. I understand why they did for safety reasons, but it'll be cool to see uh, two two instead of one races at Gateway. And mid-Ohio mm-hmm. is a really cool, scary stri- track, so... <laughs> two times there. I like these double headers. I like seeing two completely different results at the same track in the same weekend. Yeah, where, definitely. you know, you're not seeing, well, sometimes you would see Scott Dixon win both. Um, but you just see like a variety of drivers of uh, winning. They kind of get a handle on their car the first race. Maybe they don't get the result they want, but they know what they need to do to fix it. And then they're able to have a better result the following day. So I'm off for double headers. I, I think financially it's a good idea. I think, strategically it's a good idea i'm all for it in the future i agree um yeah and it makes it makes august quite the month of racing um where you got the uh after the cup series is at new hampshire this week and then have two races over a weekend at michigan which is the same time that indycar is having two races over that weekend as well um then the next week you got the uh the daytona roval for one and then you got indy 500 qualifying going on uh, then the next week is the Indy 500 in August, which is weird. Um, yeah. And a couple of cup races at Dover over that weekend, um, which may be the chance to see Jimmy Johnson uh, get that win to A, get in the playoffs, and B, what could potentially be his final win. That wouldn't be surprising to see him do mm-hmm. at Dover. No. Um, and then finally, finishing it up with the uh, two races for IndyCar um, that last weekend of August, and, of course, the uh, Daytona Oval last race before the playoffs begin um august is going to be a great month for racing and that's before any of the xfinity trucks moto gp which is on nbc all the time now apparently and yeah i am loving this so much (laughs) lulu was watching like five or ten minutes of it with me the other day she was just like oh my gosh oh ah they're so low to the ground wow those are (laughs) those are cool suits what's that big thing on their back (laughs) yeah that threw me off too when they were walking i was like they kind of look like you know the monsters out of stranger things with (laughs) the way they're walking with that giant whatever protection on their back and all that stuff was like that looks uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) well I'm sure it's very comfortable when they go tumbling about and it saves their whole body from complete and utter destruction. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, August Um, is going to be cool. Uh, We got a lot of F1 coming up. We've got uh, back-to-back races, back-to-back weekends at uh, Silverstone. And then we go to Spain all within three weeks of each other, Mm. which is going to be really exciting. Quick news on F1. They announced earlier, or I guess later last week, that they will not be coming to the Americas, any sort of the Americas, Canada, (laughs) USA, or Mexico due to COVID-19 concerns. Um, It's just a big operation. It's a big operation to go from country to country in Europe. It's even more of a tasking event to bring it across the ocean. Uh, It's like over 
gosh, it's thousands of people without fans. Um, so just to, to bring all that over to the States and keep everybody safe and in a bubble, it, I'm sure it's just, it would just be a logistical nightmare. So they have scrapped those three GPs and they've had, they have moved them to uh, a race in Portugal, a, a third race in Italy. So if anyone wants to go to Italy for like a month, let's do it and go <laughs> somehow check out these races. Uh, so I'm excited for this Portugal race. It looks really, really cool. I never heard of the track before. Um, the, the three that they're doing in Italy are Monza, Imola, and um, I think it's pronounced Mongella, I think, or Mongella, something like that. Hmm. So that'll be cool. So all of F1 will be sticking to its original roots and staying in Europe all year. So that's kind of the news, the F1 news for this week. Anything else racing you'd like to mention before we move on um, to ball sports? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to... Oh, the one other thing I wanted to mention um, just from the, the truck series is how uh, if you want to know what the future of NASCAR looks like, um, check out the truck series because mm. there is a lot of good, young, prospective talent um, racing there. It's uh, between Derek Krause has shown big improvement over the last few weeks. You got um, Austin Hill, who's a bit older, but Austin Hill's kind of doing things on his own. Um, yeah, he is. Um, which is kind of cool to see. Uh, and you got just a lot of good talent all throughout. At one point, we were talking um, about like Zane Smith, extremely yeah, I, talented driver. Guys, jump on the Zane Smith train. I like this guy when I first heard about him. I was like, he looks... Looks like he knows what he's doing. This kid's 21 mm-hmm. years old, and he's from Huntington Beach, California, which is not NASCAR world. And he <laughs> is doing a great job behind the number 21 truck. So hop on mm-hmm. that train. It's a good train. <laughs> yeah, and there's other guys, too. Like, Ben Rhodes feels like he's been around for forever. Yeah, um, he does. He, he's 23 years old. What? <laughs> he, his, yeah. name, his name even sounds like he's 45 years old. Right. Like Benjamin Rhodes. <laughs> Professor at such and such university. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so just tremendous talent for the future. Um, And then even beyond that, the driver that um, the two drivers to look for moving up is Chandler Smith, um, who we've talked about, has been very good. But probably the hottest driver this year, um, most dominant driver, has been Ty Gibbs, uh, the grandson of uh, Joe Gibbs. And he is uh, just... Um, he's 17 years old. He's ran between the ARCA and ARCA East series. He's run seven races this year, and he's won four of them. He's finished in the top five and six of them, and the one he didn't finish in the top five for, he was leading the race when his engine blew up. So Jeez. he is an extremely talented kid, um, and he has incredible drive. Uh, I watched one of the races. I think it was the ARCA East race that he finished second in earlier this year at new Smyrna. Um, and after the race, I just like, he like was so dejected. He finished Mm. second, ran a great race, kind of drove through the field, finished maybe a second behind, um, the winner. And like his post-race interview was just one of just intense disappointment and anger. And I actually tweeted, like I didn't tag him in it. I just tweeted. I was like, man, Ty Gibbs needs to like understand that he ran a great race he's a young kid has a lot of potential and not be so down on himself and he liked it and then <laughs> later really? on i was yeah like, that's I awesome it. so he's he's like 
looking at stuff. Um, but then I was thinking about it later. I was like, you know, that's probably the, the drive and determination that it's going to take for him to be great. So uh, keep an eye out for Ty Gibbs. He'll be, I'm sure, racing for Gibbs in the truck series next year, possibly doing some Xfinity races once he's 18. Um, and he has a bright future. Um, so people might get down on him because of his name, uh, but he's one talented driver. It's just really cool to see the family just stay in the sport, like and like he's doing. You know, he's you've got you know granddad he owns, and you got Coy Gibbs who I'm not sure what he does at the organization. Did you mention that already? Does he do? I did not. Okay, I so Ty is the son of Coy Gibbs, and yeah, 18 years old, and he's already got incredible stats. Like I was just looking like cars tour, uh, Canon East and West series. He's got quite a few wins and just great stats there so yeah definitely mm-hmm. one to look out for and man 18 years old i didn't know what i was doing eight or 17 years old sorry 17 years old <laughs> junior slash senior in high school yeah driving race cars <laughs> right. whatever dude it's pretty amazing yeah. i mean uh, a couple weeks ago or last weekend i think it was um Derek krauss they were like was, he had graduation on friday mm-hmm. um or saturday and instead he chose to skip out on that and finish, I think second or third in the, in the truck race. <laughs> so it's like, that's awesome. You know, these incredibly talented young kids that are, they're just going to keep improving and, uh, they, they may be around for it for a while. So yeah, keep an eye on them. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the racing world for this week. Mm-hmm. We're kind of all over the place next week. It will be a little bit back to normal. Cup race will be on Sunday. We'll have some F1 races to talk about. And, uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, shall we move on to play on yellow card, red card? Yes, we shall. Um, so play on yellow card, red card. I'm going to make some statements and uh, Nick will say play on if he agrees with the statement, yellow card um, or with whatever it is going on. Um, if he's unsure about it and red card, if it's a full stop, um, I uh, don't know if these are going to be very challenging. I'm expecting a lot of play ons, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, sorry. It was uh, not the greatest of weeks for, for my, uh, we'll, we'll see. But anyway, so first one, this is a fun one. Most of these are fun ones. Baseball should have targets in the outfield stands and give out <laughs> prizes based on them. Play on. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, especially after, um, I can't, I think it was Freddie Freeman who hit a home run into right field and hit Mm -hmm. a cardboard cutout of a golden retriever. (laughs) So absolutely play on with the targets. I think that would just be entertaining since it's just the teams that are at the, at the ballpark. I think that'll be fun for them. Yeah. I think it would be like a cool idea would be to have fans cardboard thing you know out there mm-hmm. and you know if if your if your face gets hit with a home run ball you get that home run ball they like mail it to you yeah. or something like that like that could be a cool thing that they because you pay for those seats to have your cardboard cut out there yeah yep so so yeah. typically i think most of it is season ticket holders that they're doing it yeah, for probably um, but i mean whatever something out there to make it fun you know mm-hmm. that goes you hit a target and like a cannon goes off or something like that <laughs> like, that would just be cool <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next one. And we kind of touched on this earlier already, but the uh, Marlin situation spells trouble for the NFL. Mm, yeah, that's it. It's yellow card. Only yeah. because 
like you were kind of saying earlier, this could be a, a one-time thing, but uh, they, NFL might learn from it and know, you know, and, and understand how they'll need to contain and handle certain situations. Yeah. So it's not a complete loss yet. That's my hope. That's fair. <laughs> That's my I, hope. I hope so as well. Yeah. Um, all right. We had a couple hockey ones here. Uh, yeah. The Seattle NHL team has been named the Seattle Kraken. Play on Play yellow card, red card. on all day. I'm totally buying Seattle hockey merch. I don't even care. They're called the Krakens. How not cool is that? I have a Kraken <laughs> tattooed on my arm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's uh that i agree when i when that name was getting thrown around early on you had like people were mixed on it some people you people either either loved it or hated it i've seen a lot of people in seattle say if they're called the kraken then i'm not supporting the team and stuff like that but i think on the whole most people realize that kraken is an awesome name it's a Um, mean mythical creature Right. Why is that, that? How is that not awesome? Right. <laughs> what was the um, other option for that one? Uh, Sockeyes was right. another favorite, um, and Steelheads was also a favorite. Which both of both of those are types of fish. Which have you looked up a sockeye salmon? No, are they scary. Yes. Oh, oh my look. goodness, <laughs> they are these terrifying creatures um, that has a oh, history in the no. Yeah. Those are far... Ooh, they're like green and red. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sockeye not salmon necessarily. recipe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what um, was the other head? A steelhead? Steelhead, yeah. Steelhead. Oh, steelhead salmon. Yeah. Oh, those are boring. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or a rainbow wah, wah. trout. Yeah, that's basically... <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. Weird. So right. there was some other kind of nifty ones that have been thrown out early on that I think kind of were cool. Um, but ultimately the Seattle think, needles. <laughs> yeah, that, that wouldn't go over so well. Yeah. But ultimately I think they nailed it with the name and especially the logos and jerseys. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I want pretty. one. I want one. Yes. <laughs> um, so next one with the NHL. Um, within the NHL bubble, they are, have access to tennis courts and they are also renting out golf courses for the day. So players can go play golf on their days off, play on yellow card, red card on all the amenities. Play on these dudes are going to be so bored. What are they going to do? Just play hockey and then go to their hotel and watch the weather channel. That's not fun. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, shoot, these golf courses are going to be making bank. I mean, hockey yes. teams are renting out your facility. I think they'll, yeah, totally play on. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, it's going to make make things fun um, and uh, definitely enjoyable moving on. Um, I had one other one that I forgot to type out, and now it's killing me that I've forgotten about it. Um, so anyway, you want to transition to talk about some hockey? Yeah, Let's do that. Hockey is in five days. Not even five days. Yeah. No. Four days. Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Then on Saturday, there will uh, be hockey. Hurricanes, Rangers. I'm thinking about getting people together to meet up at church to watch that game. Dude, you sh- totally should. I'll be at a bachelor yeah. party weekend. I would nice. probably, at noon, I'll just be finishing playing a game of paintball. Nice. So we'll see. That'll how, be pretty fun too. See how that goes. Yeah, hopefully we'll turn on hockey when we uh, when we get back. I mm-hmm. 
I need it. I just I need it, especially after the announcement of Seattle. I was like, okay, come on, I need I need to watch some hockey. Yeah, I was watching the uh, Flyers Penguins game today, like a pre I guess preseason pre qualifying mm-hmm. season, whatever you want to call it game. Um, and I was pretty impressed with the um, level of play. Uh, there's obviously early on some sloppy moments. Um, but on the whole, you know, they were hitting well. They were skating pretty fast. There were certain things there, you know, with it being a preseason game, maybe not um, getting in front of, not completely giving their body away to block a shot. But short of that, the play was not bad at all. So I'd expect for things to um, kind of pick up pretty quickly. And there there will be some rust, obviously, but I don't think it'll be as bad as maybe we've seen with some of the other sports like we've seen with the uh, MLS and and whatnot and other soccer things I'm, yeah I'd be really curious how these first games go but like you said once they get into a groove they'll be fine yeah I mean, these guys are going to be literally living and breathing hockey for the next however so long this tournament takes <laughs> right so um, yeah it'll be interesting to to keep track of seeing how um, cause obviously everything had certain momentum coming in. Like I was pretty set with my playoff picks going in. I had the flyers winning the East, um, and looking at probably, um, I was leaning towards the avalanche coming out of the West, uh, with them That's or Vegas, pick. but, um, that all kind of changes now. I don't know if I'm sticking with that. Cause what'll, what would be the thing I'd say to look for is to watch the, um, so the way it's working is you'll have the teams fighting for playoff spots. will play a best of five series. And then the teams that have already clinched it, the top four in each conference will play a round Robin. Um, but is to watch those round Robin games and see how intense they are. Uh, because what hockey's shown is that in the playoffs, the tendency is the more you're playing intense hockey, the better you are. Um, so I could very easily see those teams not, playing as intense because it's just setting seeds. Um, And then the teams that have kind of been fighting for their lives um, in the best of five series coming in and being much better and much better, much better hockey hockey shape coming on. So, um, so it'll be fun to follow, um, but it could be one of the weirder years where you could get like the worst team of it. Montreal, if they squeak through the first round, I could see them rolling through the second round and all of a sudden they're, you know, in the se- conference semifinals and <laughs> yeah, things are going. So um, it'll be good. But on our end of things, I think it's pretty safe to say we'll be keeping a close eye on the Preds and the Hurricanes. Um, yeah, absolutely. Of course. For for however long they're in it. Um, I was trying really... to uh, pick my shirt that I wanted to wear today and I came across my brand new Preds shirt and I was like, hmm. I get to wear this really soon. <laughs> yes. How do you how do you feel about the Preds' chances going in? Man, I'm all over the place just because, you know, we've been on this what four five month break. So, are we going to see the teams that we saw back in late February, early March, or are we going to see something completely different? Mm-hmm. So, I'm I'm kind of just open for anything at this point, which is just yeah. a fancy way of saying I have no idea. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I'm just, it's I, I, I gotta get over the high first of hockey being back and then I'll settle back into you know stats and 
where teams are ending up, that sort of thing. Basically what I did mm-hmm. with when soccer returned, I was excited that it came back and then had the quick, harsh reality that Liverpool was going to win and who was going to be in the top four. So I'll, that's probably right. exactly what I'm going to do with hockey. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see just because with those best of five series, things could go quick. You know, you lose mm-hmm. three straight games and you're out. And hockey, more so than any sport, except maybe baseball, has like that one position that can change things with the goalie. You know, yes. if you come out and, you know, the Preds are flying, but Soros or Rene, whichever one they go with, I hope it's Saros. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I think I think that's who it'll be. Or similarly, you know, you just don't know. It could be, you know, Carey Price hasn't been a dominant goalie for a long time, um, even though so he's still overrated for that reason because people remember the Carey Price that won the Hart Trophy. But you know, it still wouldn't surprise me if Carey Hart came. Carey Hart. <laughs> Carey <laughs> Price. Different. Corey, different. Different person. <laughs> Yes, Hart. Hart. And then there's, well, there's Connor Hart. Carter Hart is the goalie for the Flyers. And he's a 21 year old rookie who's been phenomenal. Um, Carey Price, you know, you never know. Carey Price could come out and just be on fire. And it would not mm-hmm. surprise me. So who knows? <laughs> At least we'll have hockey and it will be glorious. Right. Yes, it will. And what we do not have anymore until September 12th. The Premier League is officially over. Liverpool, your champions. Everyone say a long and sad goodbye to Bournemouth, Norwich, and Watford. It's been real. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Bournemouth had a good run at it. I mean, they've been they in the did. Premier League for, what, five years? Yeah, Watford um, was for eight. Norwich was yeah. for like a month. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a quick fact on Norwich. That was the first time Pep Guardiola... Wow, Pep Guardiola, uh, whatever Pep beat Nailed Norwich. It. Yep, that was the first really? time he beat Norwich. Yeah, that was one of that he hasn't beat them, and he has not beat. Oh, I cannot remember the other name. I can't remember, but yeah, that was the first time hmm. that they beat him five to nothing. Yeah, what a way to go. Um, yeah, and the uh, the there maybe wasn't as much drama in the battle for the uh, last Champions Champions League spots. Uh, Man U pretty well handled Leicester 2-0. And then similarly, Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea kind of struggled throughout the first half, but then the second half they turned it on, Um, especially Pulisic kind of sparked the play that led to the second goal, which sealed it away for them, But which is always fun to see. So at least we'll have Christian Pulisic playing Champions League hot soccer not hockey hockey soccer <laughs> next that'd be interesting year. yeah <laughs> well it's Real interesting the uh they have like the schedules at the hotels um for hockey teams and they accidentally put carolina panthers instead of carolina hurricanes no way um, yeah and justin williams was um making some fun of that which is funny um so he's like, yeah, some 50 guys came in. And they ate all our food before we could get there. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, man. Um, well, we do have Champions League starting or restarting uh, August 7th for the current teams that are are there. So we're not completely done with uh, the top tier teams of Europe, which is yeah a very good thing to see. Um, um, and FA Cup yeah. final is Saturday or Sunday? Hmm. 
Good question. It's always on ESPN Plus, so I always don't see it. But that's Arsenal Saturday, August Chelsea. 1st. Yep. Yeah. So that would be uh, something fun to keep track of. Um, although my mind will be more focused on hockey on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. that might be one of those things where honest. I'll just kind of I'll just keep up with it on my phone, <laughs> sort of bit. But I'll go for Chelsea on that one just because of Christian Pulisic for sure. Yeah, for sure. I would like to say a quick little bit here. Uh, David Silva's last game with Man City was probably well, last Premier League game was probably yeah. on Sunday. He will be missed. He uh, he was with the team for a very long time. He had eleven major trophies and four of which were Premier League titles, and sixty goals, ninety three assists, over three hundred and nine Premier League appearances. Um, super bummer. I was actually even more bummed because, like you. It wasn't that I forgot that Sunday was the last day of the Premier League, but I kind of forgot Sunday was the last day of the Premier League. Because <laughs> they do like this whole big thing where like, we're going to show all the games at the exact same time. And I'm always like, <laughs> I get what you're trying to do, but I hate it. <laughs> right? <laughs> like from a marketing standpoint, I get what you're doing. But from a viewer standpoint, man, why couldn't you just space them out? Like do half and half or something like half at one time half at another time yeah like it's great for the the drama and especially with you know with you had chelsea and them not knowing what's going on with the leicester man united game and you can't like just throw in the you know you have to play hard because you gotta make sure that you do what you need to do to advance and right um, so that's kind of the element but it's very rare that you have that many battles going on (laughs) at the Mm -hmm. last moment um with the way the premier league set up it's not like you know in the world cup they do that all the time but in that case you're playing a round robin of three games so there's always there's almost always something on the line in both of those last games so it makes sense from a that point of view um but you don't have guys constantly looking at the scoreboard or you do have them constantly looking at the scoreboard if they're all playing at the same time Mm-hmm. seeing who's doing what but uh yeah that that kind of sums up the premier league not sure what to expect for next year or next season <laughs> I have no idea uh, I'll, I'll i'll let that sit off to the side for a little bit let's get through right. some uh let's get through hockey and get through basketball and baseball a little bit and then we can worry about the 2021 22 season or whatever the numbers are right <laughs> what year is it <laughs> um, basketball starts uh i think tomorrow what's today 28th um, uh yeah yeah i think or that or friday yeah one of those days um but they uh anyway they have a fairly confusing system that they're doing but yeah, the 30th, so Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but there will be basketball on for those of you that are basketball fans. Um, basically, every team's playing eight games, and that will be their end of the season. And then, however, the playoffs are seeded, they'll be seeded. Um, the way they're doing, the reason they're doing this in this confusing way is to try and give Zion Williamson a chance to make the playoffs uh, mm-hmm. with the New Orleans Pelicans. Ultimately, <laughs> um, and he has a good chance of doing it. They're in a tenth place, but the teams they're chasing aren't necessarily great, um, and they've been 
Zion was only back for, I think, about 15 or 20 games mm. prior to the break. So that's kind of the thing to watch, which as a person from North Carolina, um, that's probably the most interesting thing for me these next <laughs> few weeks with basketball is seeing what Zion Williamson does. But yeah. other than that. Yeah. College sports this year, not sure what's going to happen. I keep seeing a new headline every day of NCAA basketball being pushed back or not at all. And with different things happening with football, like who's going to play who, I'm just like, you know what, guys, maybe we should just not have college sports this fall. Maybe we should just wait, which is a very broad and like not as easy, easy to do type of thing. But it's like theory after theory after theory it's exhausting you know yeah i th- i think it's unlikely that we're gonna get it um if we do i don't know yeah it'll be all interesting to see i mean even college football there's not as much built in the nfl has everything built in right now where if they need to they can cancel the first four weeks of the season um, oh wow they they scheduled no divisional play within those first four weeks so that if they have to scrap that, then they can have a 12 game season. Um, college bass or college football doesn't quite work like that. Mm-hmm. So, and just the, it, it just seems too complicated to take place, but we'll, we'll see, you know, money makes people do crazy things. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. But, uh, is there anything you want to rant and ramble about? Uh, I just want to episode here. <laughs> yeah. There's, It's just, it's like a weird, I think we mentioned it last week, this weird kind of quiet before the storm. You got baseball going, but, um, short of, and the fact that the NASCAR race was on Thursday, it's a bit, it was like, (laughs) it was almost a week ago. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but one cool thing I want to point out that the NHL did, um, a lot of teams have been, um, and I think it might just be NHL wide, but prior to the players getting there, um, the NHL and teams went around and collected pictures of the players' families and decorated them um, in the players' rooms. So as soon as they got there, they were um, able to see, you know, you walk in and you look on your bedside table and there's a picture of your wife and children and stuff like that. Oh, and, that's cool. Um, they're also going to be regularly sending um, flowers and different things to spouses of the players. Um, so they're just doing a lot to kind of take care of the families during this time and um to help that which is i think is really cool um especially listening to like i think it was uh was it claude drew or one of the players for the flyers like he was able to be home for his first child to be born um but then like wow. two days after had to go into the lockdown and go get ready for the bubble so um just to kind of these there's big you know Sports aren't the most important thing going on right now, um, so it's cool that certain sacrifices are being made by these players to provide a source of entertainment for us. I mean, obviously, they're also getting paid, but, um, <laughs> you know, there is a certain amount of sacrifice being made, and it's something that's appreciated, and it's cool to see the NHL um, recognizing that and doing everything they can to kind of help the families through this time. So that's kind of my ending thing of what I think is cool, um, the NHL is awesome, and if you don't watch hockey, you should start. This would be a perfect time. August this 1st, is so hockey time. all day. Yeah. yeah, just watch that. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Because you had right. 10 hours to figure out if you liked it or not. 10 hours straight. Right. But just in case, you should probably watch it again another day. Yeah, just watch and it all weekend. Give it another try. Just watch yeah. it all weekend. And if you don't like it, then um, watch it the next week. <laughs> right. 
quickly, did you see the video of The Rock training with P.K. Subban? Yes. Oh, my, so I think it was Barstool. I first saw it on P.K.'s Insta story or Instagram, and then I saw a, two or three other accounts repost it. But the one that caught my eye was Barstool, and they said, The Rock looks like he is training a high school football player. <laughs> <laughs> Which... I mean, PK is not a small dude, but when you compare him to Dwayne The Rock Johnson, everyone is small. <laughs> right. uh, I just found it. It was it was actually an encouraging video. I was like, yeah, look at The Rock just like cheering this dude on and just training him. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like The Rock is a cool dude. He's huge, but I feel like he's cool. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I've liked all the movies he's been in and his posts like that. <laughs> I liked him when he was wrestling. <laughs> So yeah. naturally, he's probably a pretty chill dude. I would. <laughs> yeah, his arms a lot are bigger than my of. whole body's diameter. Right. Jeez. <laughs> well, that's kind of this week. Next week we'll. Uh, what's next week? Next week Lots we'll talk hockey. We'll talk a little bit more NBA, and mm-hmm. like usual, we'll talk NASCAR. Won't talk too much soccer. We probably will. Who knows? It's in the title of this podcast, so we'll probably talk about right. soccer. Yeah. Whether we just um, kick the ball in the backyard or something happened nationally. Well, maybe we'll talk about MLS next next week. It'll be a little more exciting in that tournament next year since they're in the knockout rounds. Right, right. Of the MLS, whatever they called it. MLS, MLS. is back tournament. <laughs> I hope that that's person's such a, fired. Right. That's such a, let's call it the MLS is back tournament. He, yeah. And good other people idea. said yes. Gosh. Oh, yeah. man. America yeah. and soccer. It's my favorite. Right. Oh, yeah. That's one other thing is we have the Charlotte team was announced. Um, oh, yeah. So Charlotte FC will be beginning in 2022. They released their logo. Um, which looks pretty slick. Um, some people are like, yeah, but it's a King's crown, not a Queen's crown. I'm like, that's fair. Um, and you know, they had, they listed out the options and they're like, which of these would you like? And I went through and my favorite was Charlottetown, um, FC. Yeah. And there's another one that was like, it was the Charlotte or Carolina rain or Charlotte rain FC, which I just thought mm-hmm. was kind of cool. Rain, like, you know, a queen reigning or a king reigning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, queens. it's one of 500 queen cities in the United States. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, the safe one, like, worst case scenario, go with Charlotte FC. And and they went with Charlotte FC, So, which is yeah. cool. Hey, at um, least you have FC and not SC. That was the biggest bummer for, for me when they named Nashville SC. I'm like, oh, man. Like FC just sounds cooler. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I I don't mind SC as much. Like, okay. I feel like if you're gonna do FC in America, you should put an A in front of it. Which no, brings us to this point that, that we America. just brought up. <laughs> the yeah. Was- Washington AFC, <laughs> which would be an awesome name. Yeah, I so, am making T-shirts. Uh, if you want one, let me know. I'm seriously <laughs> making T-shirts. That's awesome. I'm not breaking any trademark rules unless Washington contacts me and they want the name, which I'll gladly (laughs) give them because Washington's NFL team is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like I said last week, I'm all for the new name, whatever it may be, but they're saying it's going to take up to 18 months to do. 
I don't feel like ranting about this, so I'll stop there. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So I misspoke there. I'm saying it shouldn't be AFC because AFC would be American Football Club, and then America, we call it soccer. Yeah, that's fair. Because America. And also, yeah, because America, and ultimately soccer is an abbreviation of the word association football. So there you really? go. Really? Yes. It's... It was a whole thing, but basically there was, you had two types of football. You had association football, which was soccer and then rugby football and association football got abbreviated down by Englishmen to like, so they like, instead of saying association, they'd say association and then get down to social ball and then it became soccer, soccer. And then they immigrated the U S and called it soccer and it became a thing. And soccer was used interchangeably in both the U S and England until after world war two, when the English became pretentious and they're like, dumb Americans call it soccer. It's like, it's, it's your uh, word. <laughs> so next time somebody gets you mad, thought it's it. like, right. It's like, it's an, it's a British abbreviation of association. Just like whip out some history and be like, Hey, by the way, British boy, <laughs> you <laughs> thought of it first. <laughs> yes. So that's a, that's just the fun, okay. fun story of the day for you guys. I guess I could uh, I can get behind SC now with a little yeah. history lesson. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. that's this week. Guys, thanks for hanging out. I'm Nick. I'm Josh. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Have a good week. <laughs> Later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>